Hey friends, you know, one of the things that's interesting about um, being in front of a campfire, I find myself when I'm in front of that campfire mesmerized by the light that it brings out. Um, I can sit for a long time just looking at that fire burning and the flames coming out and just sit there just mesmerized by it. I think this is true for so many of us. That's why we find a lot of people going up to um, exchange place here in Jersey City to watch the fireworks on July 4th. That's why sometimes you find your babies or toddlers going after the phone because they're so uh, enamored by the light that your phone brings or traveling all the way to Iceland to see the Northern Lights or Christmas time when all the lights in different homes, the, the trees are um, lit and bright and we can just sit and have a coffee and just watch the lights shine before us. We are all and, and raptured by light. This is something that is intrinsic, I think, to just the human experience. In our text today, Jesus shares about this. In John 8, 12, he calls himself the light of the world. I'll read it for us. This is what he said. This is what the text says, John 8, verse 12. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk with darkness, but will have the light of life. You know, we're in a series called Simply Jesus. And we're trying to show that Jesus really is God's answer to our deepest longings. We're specifically, specifically looking at statements Christ made to um, explain who he is to us. These statements all begin with the very words, I am. In a subtle yet profound way, it calls back to Exodus chapter 3, when Moses saw the light in a bush. And God exclaimed to him that he exclaimed to him who he is. He told Moses this very statement, I am that I am. And I think through these statements, Jesus in, uh, uh, is cluing us in, in this absolute, absolute big cosmic sense to who he is. Jesus is letting us know that he is God. But also in a very precise, specific way, Jesus is also disclosing himself to us. As we saw in our text today, he says, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. Again, I am showing this absolute sense of who he is, 
this cosmic big sense who he is, and then the light of the world, more specifically, he's disclosing himself to us. Believe to understand Christ as the light of the world, it means that we see him and we are to be enamored and mesmerized by him and fascinated by him. And that as we see Christ as the light, we're not only enamored by him, but he also allows us to see even more clearly. That through Jesus, there's a clarity that we are afforded once we follow him. There's a clarity to living. There's a clarity of purpose. Now, we don't have to live this restless lives anymore in search of purpose and meaning, but that through Jesus, we see ever so clearly. Jesus has the light of the world enables us to see the world as it is and the world as it should be. Jesus becomes the lens through which we are to view the world. And so when we view the world through the lens of Jesus, we see two things. We see the darkness around us, but we see the life that is available to us. We see the darkness, yet we see the life available to us through Christ Jesus. So first, the light of the world, Christ, enables us to see and exposes the darkness in our world. You know, John uses this word light. Um, he uses this word light very frequently in, in, his, um, in his writings. Out of 75 times that light is mentioned in the New Testament, John uses that 33 times. For John, this is a very poignant descriptor of who Jesus is. In the first verses, actually, of, of his gospel, John writes uh, of Jesus being the light of all my, mankind, the light that shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it, he says in John chapter 1. And much of what John wrote there is actually recalling us back to the Genesis story, to the creation story, the inception of life on earth. And that, in that story, we see that even before there was life, God hovered over the formless, empty, and dark void of the earth. It was barren and lifeless. And then he spoke, let there be light. And there was light. And of course, this was the beginning of life on earth. Because of light, there can be life. Because of light, the trees and the plants can grow. Because of light, we can actually see life abound around the earth. And John is also saying this about Jesus. 
He's saying that Jesus came into our world that was spiritually dark, spiritually void, spiritually empty, but he now is the light that leads people out of darkness. Jesus is the light that exposes the darkness in our world. The spiritual emptiness that we often feel, the void that we feel, Jesus is that light that exposes the darkness. So Jesus is calling our attention to the spiritual darkness in the world around us. And that's one of the things, like in the, in the text that we've been reading, Jesus calling people's attention in, in the book of John to, to, to the lies that they've come to believe, to, to their unbelief in God. And I think for us today, much of our modern fixtures are often uh, vying for our attention and constantly keeping us busy away from Christ, I would say. And while they may not pose an immediate threat to us, while our busyness and um, our distraction might not be a threat to us right now, but they slowly chip away at us. They slowly get us tired. And they reveal the disappointments they often bring, the dissatisfaction that we find with our jobs, the dissatisfaction we find in our relationships. And even they bring out the mundaneness of what life often is. And they, that can often leave us demoralized and wanting. It leaves us searching for more, wanting more out of life. Oftentimes we find ourselves settling for counterfeit lights. Settling for counterfeit things that we think would make us again more alive. And so we say more success will make things better. More money will make things better. More, more spiritual disciplines will make us better. More medals and accomplishments will make us better. More answered prayers will make life better. But they're all counterfeit lights. And even though we may have that, even though we may have more success and more money, it would not keep us satisfied it would not it would always leave us disappointed in the end and what did they have all what did they all have in common all these things all they have in common is that they're all things we we believe um, that we have to accomplish that we have to do in order to feel satisfied, but yet at the end of the day, they're all counterfeit, counterfeit. Because oftentimes what appears good in our eyes, what appears good in the world can often not be. This week, right, it made the, it made the, the news story this week 
Simone Biles, um, who's a decorated gymnast, um, bowing out of the competition, competition because of her mental health. And of course, many derided her for, for, for dropping out, which one commentator saying, we define courage by overcoming obstacles. Right? We define courage by the things you accomplish, by the legacy you leave. We define courage by, by the things we do. Right? This is part of the American ethos, right? that we are defined by what we do, by our accomplishments. But when Christ shines a light on this, we, He exposes it for the lie that it is that we cannot be defined by the things we accomplish. The minute we are defined by those things, we find ourselves overcome by darkness, overcome by emptiness and void, because at the end of the day, these things are nothing. When Christ shines a light on them, when he exposes it, he shows that, that these things will not satisfy. So call, Jesus is calling our attention to the spiritual darkness around us, but he's also calling us our attention to the spiritual darkness and emptiness that is inside each and every one of us. That's why John, in his first letter, he wrote that if, in uh, 1 John 1, 8, he said this, If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we claim to be righteous and just, it means the truth is not in us, that God's light is not in us. Because we don't, we, ha, we, we are not aware of, uh, of, 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 of sin in us. Whether we like it or not, we are all sinners and we have all fallen short, short of the glory of God. From the Christian person to the nominal Christian to the unbeliever, we have all sinned and we have all fallen short of the glory of God. There are things that we do that point to this very fact. The ways that we behave that demonstrate that this is true from our impatience with one another, from our um, anger that we have with um, co-workers or with um, friends and loved ones, from our selfishness and our self-centeredness. From the way we do not love one another. It shows us that there is something in us. There is, there is, there is sin in us. And while we are made in the image of God, why God created us and said that what he created is good, yet what he created has been stained by sin, has been stained by the darkness 
this world. And when Christ shines a light on us and our hearts, He, he shows us, yes, that there are things in us that are not of God. I can think about myself and oftentimes the way I react or the way I get angry, the way I'm not patient. And I'm reminded of this very fact. And at the same time, I come to God knowing that, oh my gosh, I have not been patient. Lord, I need your help in this. And that's why, while the light of Jesus Christ leads us, exposes darkness around us and in us, but also the light of Christ leads us to the good life that he gives us, that he affords us. And we need his light to dispel the darkness in us. We need his light to dispose the worldly expectations, um, worldly expectations of us. Because his light helps us to see clearly the world as it is and the world as it should be. Helps us to see clearly the darkness around us and yet the life that he gives us. And so he says in our text again, whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. In other words, if we follow Jesus, we won't find ourselves in darkness even in the midst of grief and suffering, suffering and heartache, we will not find ourselves in darkness. We might find ourselves sad and frustrated, but we will find comfort that comes from God. We will find help that comes from God. We will find the sustenance that, that, that enable us to stay in the path that he has for us. God's light gives us a vision to see clearly, even in the midst of a tough, hard situation. So we follow Jesus, not in this blind allegiance or in this conjured up faith, we follow Jesus knowing that, that in the blessed assurance of what he has done for us, that he himself was exposed, was, was, was deposed to uh, darkness. He himself found, he himself was on the cross for us in a very dark, dark time. And he shouldered the pain, the suffering, the heartache. And through that, was able to experience resurrection, the resurrection power, the resurrection life that's available to us.
And so we can continue to go to Jesus, knowing that, there, yes, there are external and internal forces that are trying to sway us one way or the other. But we go to Christ, we follow him, knowing that he is lighting our path towards life. I love what um, author Richard Lovelace says. This. He says, the entrance and growth of the new spiritual life involves the shattering of our sphere of darkness by repentant faith and redemptive truth. This is the deliverance which brings us into the spiritual life in communion with God, which is withdrawing from darkness and walking in the light of truth and holiness. So that means that we can follow Jesus, that we can continue to follow Jesus, and that he can continue to lead us in his light and expose the darkness in our world and around us and in us, that we may experience the life that he has for us. That we can walk in his light, we can have fellowship with him, can have a life with him, and that he can direct us in his path in the way he has for us. This is the amazing thing that we get to walk out. That we get to walk and follow in his footsteps and that he can lead us in the path of righteousness. And that even in the midst of um, the ups and downs and in the midst of what we might find ourselves going through right now, that we can actually trust him and put our hope in him because he is the one who has walked before us who has lived before us and has come out in resurrection and in power and now he gives us his light to direct us even through the messiness and the beauty of all that life brings so my friends, I pray that we would follow him. That we will not be swayed by the things going on around us. That we will not be swayed by, 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 by all we have going on in our workplaces. And that we would actually spend time with Jesus. Come to know who this Jesus is so that he can shine a light in our lives, in our homes, and direct us in his path of righteousness. Amen. Let us all respond in worship together.